I've always loved to read, even before I could actually do it. Once I was able to finally decipher the shapes of the letters and sound them out into words, I was hooked. I was then and am now rarely without a book. I remember a time I was standing outside my maternal grandparents' apartment in Greensboro, North Carolina, playing with acorns under an oak tree. Oh, the ways we used to entertain ourselves before video games. My grandmother came out her front door and headed to her car. When I asked, she told me she was going to the grocery store. Almost as an afterthought, she asked if I wanted to come along. And now this kind of invitation was rare, right? Almost unheard of. My grandmother was a no-nonsense kind of woman. She didn't dither or dally when she had a task. She went, she did, she came home. Done. I quickly responded that I'd love to go with her, and before she could change her mind, I started to run back into the apartment. Where are you going? She asked. To get my book, I answered. Why do you need a book? She queried. We're just going to the store and back. I was torn. If I insisted on running inside for my book, she might decide it was all just too much trouble and leave without me. On the other hand, I didn't want to be bookless for an entire five-minute car ride. I pled my case. What if the car breaks down and we're on the side of the road and we have to wait for someone to come and pick us up? Or, I said, what if we're kidnapped and taken somewhere for days with no way of escaping? It's just the two of us and I don't have a book and all we can do is talk with one another. Go get your book, <laughs> she said, shaking her head. I've never outgrown children's books. Beautifully illustrated, timely tales that stimulate my imagination. The same goes for young adult books that invite me to lands and cultures hitherto unknown, teaching me to think about the ways in which people interact and understand their own identities along the journey. As an aunt, who loves used bookstore shopping more than any other kind of shopping in the world. I am blessed with a niece, nibbling, and nephews, not to mention many other godchildren and the such, who enjoy reading. So I've been introduced to writers of this new 21st century, following the adventures of Hermione Granger or Percy Jackson and all their various friends, enemies, and companions. However, I still favor Madeline Lingle's Wrinkle in Time Quintet and C.S. Lewis's Narnia set, starting with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Thank you very much, regardless of the newfangled chronology the publishers would have us follow. You never know what treasures you may find in a used bookstore. Earlier this summer, I found What the Dormouse Said Lessons for Grown-Ups from Children's Books, filled with quotes collected by Amy Gash, and the idea for this sermon was born. Why, you might be thinking, why, Paula, are you talking about children's books and fairy tales? The world is in crisis. Illness and violence and injustice and poverty and cruelty and greed plague humanity. And you are talking about tesseracting and umbrella-wielding fawns. 
what are you thinking? Well, I'll tell you. One reason is for comfort. Familiar stories or familiar scenarios in new stories can soothe my soul, remember me to the creativity and imagination that helped me through the obstacle course we call childhood. Children's stories often explore the same issues that adult literature does, but in a way that invites us to stretch the boundaries of our belief, to think beyond our limited perspectives and preconceived notions, to celebrate the impossible over the improbable. Another reason is because they're good. In her forward to what the Dormouse said, Judith Vorst states at their best, the language and art of books for children are as good as it gets. At their best, the subjects treated in these books include almost all of our central human concerns. At their best, children's books offer insights we'll want to remember and ponder and savor and learn from and revel in. Madeline Lingle, author of Newbery Award winner, A Wrinkle in Time, as well as many other children, young adult, adult fiction and nonfiction books, is probably my favorite writer of all time. She is certainly one of the most influential. Madeline was a fierce, apolog a fierce apologist for children's literature and would not allow publishers to bully her into dumbing down the ideas or vocabulary in her stories. She argued that children are quite capable of engaging with all kinds of material. She said, when I have something to say that I think will be too difficult for adults, I write it in a book for children. Children are excited by new ideas. They have not yet closed the doors and windows of their imaginations. Provided the story is good, nothing is too difficult for children. We need stories right now. From the beginning of time, humans have used stories to explain the why and the how. How did the world begin? Why are we here? We use stories to educate and remember and socialize and warn. We use stories to comfort and entertain. We use stories to imagine beyond our limited experience. In his book, Crow and Weasel, Barry Lopez asserts that the stories people tell have a way of taking care of them. If stories come to you, care for them and learn to give them away where they are needed. Sometimes, he says, a person needs a story more than food to stay alive. The stories I read as a child introduced me to people and places and ways of living that were very different from my life in the middle of a cow pasture in rural North Carolina. Decades before I came to New York, I remember my fascination as I read Sidney Taylor's All of a Kind Family about five Jewish sisters growing up with their family in the Lower East Side at the turn of the 20th century. It was the first time I'd ever heard the words Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah. 
Good children's books can help us see ourselves in the stories of others. They can remind us of our interconnectedness and all the bits we share. Do you remember Morris Syndax, Where the Wild Things Are? Don't you want to exclaim with that naughty narrator? Inside all of us is hope. Inside all of us is fear. Inside all of us is adventure. Inside all of us is a wild thing. Don't we hope that we too are included in Christopher Robin's words of encouragement to Winnie the Pooh? Promise me you'll always remember. You're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. On those days we are second guessing everything that comes out of our mouths, isn't it comforting to hear Dr. Seuss's cat in the hat remind us, be who you are and say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. In such uncertain times when life around us keeps shifting and changing, Young adult books can remind us that we cannot control always what life brings us. And another Newbery Award winner, Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry by Mildred D. Taylor, the young protagonist, Cassie Logan, grows up experiencing racism in Mississippi during the Great Depression. Her mama tells her, baby, we have no choice what color we are born or who our parents are, or whether we're rich or poor. What we do have is some choice over what we make of our lives once we're here. Children's books invite us to express our feelings, even through their titles. The aforementioned Judith Vorst has written some of my favorite children's books. I could identify with Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day before I even opened the cover of the book. And her, my mama says there aren't any zombies, ghosts, vampires, creatures, demons, monsters, fiends, goblins, or things, acknowledges the fear of the unknown we all share. Who here hasn't been afraid of things that go bump in the night? Who here doesn't experience some kind of unsettling response to the news headlines in the day or night? We need children's stories because we need to imagine a new way of living together on this little blue planet. Whether it's the wrinkle in, A Wrinkle in Time Quintet or Lois Lowry's The Giver uh, uh, trilogy. Actually, there are four of those. <laughs> or The Hunger Games. Young adult books are filled with worlds that adults have messed up and are continuing to mess up, that children need to save. We need to go beyond the limits of what we assume is possible and to explore what can be 
I don't pretend to know what the answers are, but I believe that we need to approach the unknown with childlike wonder, curiosity, imagination, and belief that we can be better than we are. Frances Hodgson Burnett's The Secret Garden sets it up nicely. At first, people refuse to believe that a strange new thing can be done. Then they begin to hope it can be done. Then they see it can be done. Then it is done, and all the world wonders why it was not done centuries ago. I confess to you that I have a hard time visualizing what the future holds. I have become particularly cynical and prone to despair. Hope is hard work, and sometimes I feel too tired to put in the effort. But our future is important. Our children are important. This beautiful creation, including our little blue planet, is important. We have to believe that it is possible to live together in peace, to work together to tend the earth, and to love one another with respect and equality. I don't often end a reflection with a poem, but this one by Shel Silverstein is one of my very favorites, and it is so very apt. Listen to the mustn't child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossibles, the won'ts. Listen to the never-haves, then listen close to me. Anything can happen, child. Anything can be. Let it be so. Amen. Hi, everybody. It's so good to be with you all. My name is Imbra Kelly, and I'm the Director of Religious Education here at the Fourth Universalist Society. And I am so excited to be here for our additional discussion of the sermon today. Uh, Reverend Paul, it's so good to get the chance to, I think this is our first time meeting in person, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. We've talked on Zoom many times, but this is our first time. Excitement, it's even though we're in different rooms because we record. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so great to have you here. And I really love the theme. The music was phenomenal today. Um, kid music, um, kid, kid music. Um, but I think, you know, the, I, I love the topic because I think that, you know, there really is so much wisdom to be found in kids as a parent, like there's, there's so much to be found in, in the kids books that, um, sometimes I even think you appreciate more as an adult, like the, you're like, oh, wow, look at this lesson I was being taught. So, what inspired this this topic for for the message? Uh, this the the specific spur was a, a book that I found in a uh, used bookstore because I go to used bookstores all the time. It's my 
favorite activity. Um, and uh, I, it was called What the Dormouse Said, uh, Lessons for Grownups from Children's Books, collected by Amy uh, Gash. And, um, and I collect, I don't, I, I, I like books with quotes in them and, um, and I love children's books. So this was a particularly lovely intersection. Um, but I, I continue to read children's books, young adult books. I, I have my favorites that I go back to, but I also enjoy reading what my 13 year old nephew is reading or some of the books that my night, I have a niece nibbling and nephew, all who are 19 and, uh, the, the writers that they've introduced me to. Um, so once I started percolating on this particular idea, I knew, um, and I, I knew that this would be something that would be fun for me. Uh, and also, you know, the, the last couple of sermons that I've preached, given the time, the times that we're in, um, have been so incredibly serious because, because they've needed to be. And, and just because it's children's books doesn't mean that it's not serious, but it, um, but this felt uh, like, um, it felt like a fun way of, of exploring hope and possibility. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Sometimes uh, when we give a talk, sometimes it needs to be a little bit fun. Yes. Um, I, um, earlier in the summer, I actually did a reflection on Taylor, that was around Taylor Swift's music. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I feel you on that one. Sometimes you need to just have a fun topic to get into these deeper um, concepts. Right makes things a little bit easier in a, in a challenging and dark time. Um, so I'm curious, besides that book, um, which I'm totally intrigued by, um, was there any other sources you really found, found yourself drawing from as you prepped the message? Um, yes. So I frequently will do a Google search on, um, on different quotes or different people. So I, Googled Madeline Lingle quotes wisdom in children's literature. I knew there would be a billion and there were. Um, uh, she's particularly important to me. As I said in the sermon, she is probably the most influential writer uh, on my life and the person that I continue to become. Um, and uh, um, also I read a lot of, I, I read things um, so even if they weren't in the reflection, they were part of, of the process. Um, and I actually sent out an email to friends of mine and friends of mine with kids who know me um, and, and young adults who I read to when they were kids. And I said, um, I asked them some of the same questions that we had, uh, that we were asking upon the, the reflection for today. What are the important lessons that you've learned? What are some of your favorite writers? What are some of your favorite books? And I loved it. One kid at my church um, said to me, she goes, well, it's Shakespeare. I don't know which play, but though she be small, yet she be fierce. And I really was sad that I couldn't put that in. And speaking of something else that I actually had in, but took out, and I had it in without actually naming the book, but um, I, I took out because I was uh, conscious of, of uh, timing. But that bit where I say, you know, I've loved to read, read even before I could. And I had a little sentence or two about 
and the way that I would, you know how many kids have one book they know every word of before they can read and how I turn the pages with a flourish. Well, my book, Ember, uh, was Are You My Mother? <laughs> and um, except, interestingly enough, my mom wanted to be called Mommy. So she, I thought the book said, Are You My Mommy? And when I actually learned to pronounce words, oh, this was the first time that I realized my mother had told me something that wasn't factually true and accurate. I was like, those letters do not spell M-O-M-M mom. <laughs> and then we had to have a conversation. <laughs> For anybody who's watching this that did not catch the whole service, we um, my uh, time for all ages. I mentioned that "Are You My Mother" was my favorite book as a kid. Um, so yes, I, one I remember when we were teaching my kids how to read, we always tried to like bring in new books because we're like, we don't want you just doing the ones that you've obviously memorized. Right. So I suppose a nice wrap-up question would be: Is there any uh, kids kids literature, young folks literature? Um, I know, you know, young adult literature is really popular right now, like that, the tweens and teens, that's really popular. Is there anything that's really in your pile right now? Interestingly enough, so a week ago, I was at a used bookstore and they had what I thought were the three Lois Lowry books in the Giver trilogy. It turns out it's a quartet. And I didn't find that out until I was into the third book and was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> um, but I, I bought the the three last week because I'd never read The Giver and I because it, it came out in I think 1993 and I was already that was already me out of middle school and um, doing other things uh, and so I decided I would read it and that The Giver went into Gathering Blue which went into Messenger and I was reading Messenger this week I mean all of, I read all of them in this last week so um and I was sitting on my elevated bed and the book slid down off the side and into a corner that would have taken me three hours to clean everything out, get the book, put it on. I was like, oh, so I went back to the used bookstore, found another copy for a dollar and lo and behold, found the fourth one for a dollar, which I finished last night. Um, so that was an interesting, an, an interesting look. Again, at one of these worlds, I said in the sermon, at one of these worlds that adults have messed up. And that children are are um, needed to change because of the questions that they ask and the things that they do. Um, and um, I'm reading my favorite. Probably, I have trouble saying something is my favorite book or favorite movie or favorite song. But Madeline Lingle's *A Ring of Endless Light* is an incredibly important book to me, and I haven't read it in a very long time I used to read it at least once a year um and I picked up a copy of that recently for a dollar in a bookstore and um have started reading that one again uh and it's right now it it deals with some of the things that are going on in my life and um uh and it's a harder read as an adult uh because of that I mean I remember how important it was to me when I was a young adult myself um but um and then the interesting thing is when i was looking up some of these quotes i came across i came across 
some books I didn't know, but now I want to go and find, especially some children's books. I'm going to be, I'm going to be um, perusing the picture because I I love picture books. I love the illustrations. Uh, one of my uh, my niece is going to school for illustration uh, in the fall, and so I'm really excited. Uh, I love the beauty of picture books, and um, and how hard it is to get a story across in those few words. Uh, so um, I, th I think that uh, children's literature and young adult literature frequently get considered lesser than um, adult literature, literary fiction. I don't think that's true. So um, I, this was a wonderful opportunity. The invitation to be able to, to reflect today was a wonderful opportunity to celebrate the, the wisdom in children's literature and to explore those and then to have people come up after the service and tell me what their favorites are. Um, two different people mentioned Charlotte's Web. Um, so that was exciting. So. Right, yeah. people, people hold on to their favorite books. They mean a lot to them. Yeah. No, thank you so much for the message and thanks for taking the time to sit down with me for this discussion. Sure, thank you again. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm.